0: Welcome to Ag Watchers Podcast, episode 153, produced by the haggis-consuming, kilt-wearing, flaming, nan-eating Andrew Whitelaw, and his partner in spin, and clearly the more sensible of the operation, Mr. Matt (laughs) Uh, Noglish. My name is Steve Noah. I'm a career wool buyer slash wool trader who's now dipping my toes into the fashion world with my label, the Merino Polo. So with the wool market warming up nicely in 2023, I've been invited onto the show to talk wool. On with the pod.
1: Oh, mate, talk about being pre prepared. We, we usually spring it on our guests, and they don't. Obviously, you're a listener. Oh, Steve. I've been listening. I've been listening. Yep. And um, and I think that's one of the most well prepared uh, <laughs> intros. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's the key, man. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah, it. No, but. Very and well was, done. It was, it was I'm more top- nervous
2: about the next part. And it was topical, you know. It had the it had the flaming naan in there. <laughs> That's right. That's which right. Um, which I which I've recovered from. Lost uh, lost uh, five I've, kilos, but uh.
0: I've avoided hot naans and papa all week. Once I found out I was coming on.
1: Yeah. it was um, it's a, it was a peculiar injury, and I think you're a bit coy about your deep freight injury at the other <laughs> podcast. But you you revealed um, you revealed Andrew that it was. It was what the, the scratchy kind of crusty bit of the naan or something that my that, that, that kind of lacerated your, your esophagus or something was that what it was?
2: Scraped my esophagus and
0: uh, lucky story.
2: And it's you know, it just caused a lot of pain. It's the most pain I've ever been in my entire life.
0: Yeah, wow. you were. He
1: was. He was. Um, he was comparing it to childbirth.
2: Apparently, saying so how much pain it was. it was. It was worse than that.
0: Yeah, kidney stones.
2: I've never had kidney stone. Oh, that's something
0: we look forward to then.
2: <laughs> time, time, time is a healer. Right off. The sixth sense.
1: Yep, we'll go yeah. into it. Yeah, obviously, you're a listener, Steve, so we don't have to explain what the sixth sense is. We'll just jump straight in and fire them at you. You said you're nervous about this bit. Going, mm. mm. okay, you want to start, Andrew?
0: The
2: man in the mirror.
0: The man in the mirror. Um, passionate loved wool uh, and probably got out at the right time
1: the merino polo uh,
0: the um, well my answer to uh, year-on-year wool consumption crocs crocs nuts nah.
1: I thought he, he said he's he's delving into fashion. He's,
0: he's, he's obviously exactly not. Exactly right. Now, you, you he, knows, are my,
2: he knows nothing about fashion. Um,
0: well, he <laughs> just puts my, your role as my influencer up, you know, in, in doubt, Andrew. If, if I see you in one of my polos and crocs, it's over.
1: Well, we'll give you a chance to redeem yourself on this one. Haggis.
0: Haggis. Um, uh, look, from I've never had it, but it's my understanding. It's right. like well, I'll change
1: it to black black pudding.
0: Well, similar. Um, oh. I need to be pretty hungry. No, I mean, it's pig's blood, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, and
2: uh, and, uh, and other things. Oh, oh delicious. I had some for breakfast this morning.
0: I did, yeah, no, no, not really. No, thanks. Uh, dear, look, I, as I said, I have to be pretty hungry.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Dealing with Chinese suppliers.
0: Uh, look, I've been doing it for 30 years and, and had. Only, only good experiences in in greasy Wool and what I'm doing now, um, you know. uh, you know, the we've had a the industry's had a few issues over the years, but you know what we with the ups and downs we've been to, they've been a very low customer. All
1: right, uh, wool we'll market more broadly,
0: uh, looking good, looking very strong. Um, you know, it was ex- incredibly resilient through COVID. Um, we've had a bit of bit of post COVID blip with the um. With COVID in China, but um, we're coming out the other side now, and I'm 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 very bullish.
1: There you go. Well, we might start. That's our sixth sense. You Survived that pretty well, apart from I mean a bit of a stumbling block on Crocs and Haggis and black pudding, <laughs> but you know we have to we have to kind of just kind of push through. And, and I guess we should um, we should say at the outset as well that that. Um, with regards to your Merino Polo, you were very kind. Uh, anyone that follows us on social media or you on social media would have seen when we came to WA last time around that you um, supply, supplied us with some – start of October, yep. wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, was it? Yeah, supplied us with some of that very fine apparel. And, um, yeah, it's bloody good stuff. When we when I mentioned the Merino Polo, you kind of talked about – it being your answer to the wool market, but I was expecting you to just talk about the quality of the product and how how well it wears and all that kind of stuff. But well, um,
0: I guess I take that for granted. You know, um, I, I, look, I think my my motivation is is behind what I'm doing is that I sort of see an opportunity in particular in the corporate world where um, you know where they where, where they have this uh, environmental social um, accreditation they have to meet these days, and so. Um, you know, it's you've got you know, the top ten companies over here in, in WA alone. Like the big mining companies have eight to ten thousand people, uh, and they wear four or five or six polos a year, and they're all they're all synthetic. So, uh, if you know wool sort of often been considered quite expensive, but if you do big runs, you can actually be very competitive on your price, which is what I'm trying to do. So. I figure if I can get sort of these big companies out of out of synthetics and out of out of you know and and they're not comfortable to wear, especially in the heat these guys are wearing, and introduce them to um, uh, a, a very lightweight merino polo, then um, you know they'll they'll make they'll make the change and we'll get um, a much better consistent consumer base that's going to consume wool every year and, and um, I think that's been my biggest know uh, yeah, we'll we'll just. And you guys you guys are futures dealers you know we don't have a, we don't have a futures market simply because we don't have year-on-year year consistent consumption for, for particular types of wool where companies come back and buy um, the same type of wool every year because they've because they're confident in the product they they're, they're purchasing uh, and I think icebreaker in New Zealand has proved it can be done um, and you know I'd, I'd like to think wish we, we could be doing it out of Australia so my mo- can- my main motivation of what I do is to you know, it's to create year on year demand for a certain type of wool. You know, I'm obviously working um in the West but everywhere, just to uh, to see it, it see wool worn on a on a day to day basis by everyone rather than just the top end.
2: See I was like with, with wool in Merino, I always just assumed it was way too expensive. Yeah. And you know, on a, on a on a on an analyst wage, you know, I'm lucky if I can afford a you know nonbread, a, to a, a to nonbread <laughs> or a, uh. I just I just wear a potato sack uh, to work most days, um. But it is it is interesting because I went like you, you mentioned icebreaker, and I went to an icebreaker shop in over the New Year. I was in Wellington for New Year. Yep. And some fantastic stuff in there, yeah. Yeah. But was, it was way out of my price range. Yeah. Like they had, they had, a, they had a really nice top that I looked at and I tried it on. And then I looked at the price and I said, right, I better put this back before I, I damage it.
0: You know? You're right. I mean, it you're right. So and it they're, targeting, they're targeting a different market. I mean, they're, they're targeting that, you know, the high-end mountain climbing outdoor mm. area, which is true, which is great. Um, I just see an opportunity to use more wool. I mean, you know, it's – it's it's. It, I can sort of get down to sort of, you know, for a polo for, you know, if, if I'm making 500 or 1,000 pieces, down to sort of 45, 48 bucks for – for the quality i'm producing um you know and the margins are, are limited but it's you know it's all about quantity and getting people in wool um and you know once they wear them they don't you know it, it, well the other battle is um convincing wool uh can be made such into such a lightweight uh, mm-hmm. fabric uh and suitable for day-to-day wear like most people still think of wars is for, for cold climates uh, you can't put it against the skin it's still a huge battle um in in selling the product but you know, it's 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 showing some really good green shoots, and you know who knows, um, we might be the next icebreaker. But uh, which, is a, which is a great story in itself. Yeah.
2: So 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 at the moment, you're you're suppli- you're supplying you you're ordering the wool yourself, and then you're sending the wool over, and you're organising the whole process. or what?
0: Not quite. No, not quite. I'm I'm sort of letting the dog wag the tail. I guess um, is how I describe it. So. I want to create the, the consumer base before I start going to uh, wool growers um, and saying, right, I, you know, I want, your, I want your wool. I mean, you've got to be realistic. So, like, one one sheep will produce fifteen polos. So, you know, <laughs> what's the average flock in Australia? I don't know, a thousand sheep or, or more. So, you've got to be, uh, you've got to be, rather than saying to growers, you know, putting money for this project, I've sort of done it off of my own back. Now, I've got like a sort of a broad traceability. I'm fortunate enough that my other job is um, buying wool for Endeavour Wool, Um, so Australia's second biggest exporter. Who, um, through with Josh Lamb, who's um, got great avenues, so we can basically pinpoint um, the. So we 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 bought the wool here, but in a much bigger batch, uh, and it went through to a uh, went 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 across to China, uh, through a top maker spinner and onto the uh, onto the onto my knitter. And we sort of know where the wool was drawn from, so much broader base. So, for instance, the first batch came through um, a two hundred bale line that we sold to a particular company, and we drew, we drew. Well, it, the uh, yarn was drawn from that batch, um, and that's sort of the reality of you know, you know. I've, I need to really uh, look, to give you an idea. A, a million polos would use fifteen hundred bars of wool. So, so I guess that's my goal is to sell a million polos a year. Um, where I can then go back to wool growers and say, right, I want hundred, I want fifteen wool growers, or, or you know, to grow me a hundred bars of eighteen point micron, just like Icebreak, we've got eighty seven farms contracted to grow wool year on year to that, to sorry, it's to just just to, yeah, just to supply, yeah, just
1: to supply them. And yeah. is this so? Do you source that? Is this a West Australian source specifically, or or you no. take East Coast wool as well? well? This,
0: this first batch was hundred bars out of the hundred bars out of the West, hundred bars out of the East. Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, so. Uh, so yeah, so that was just it was opportune at the time when we knew we had a batch over there. Um, so yeah, now look, i even know known Western Western Australian based and very parochially Western Australians people see on Twitter. Um, you know, it's I'm, I'm 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 for the greater Australian wool industry.
1: You you're originally from the east, though, Steve, yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah I moved over I...
0: here eleven years ago for uh, um for Queensland. Queensland cotton had a uh, had diversified into wool for a little while. So yeah, I met.
1: Up, uh, I remember when we caught up with you in person in WA. You told us a funny story about when that because when you first got WA, you weren't the most popular person (laughs) in the
0: market in the world were you? No, no. So back in um, uh, back in my um, so back when I was back in Melbourne, I had a company. uh, I set up a company. So I started the industry in '92. Worked for Empire Air for ten years, a great Australian company back then, uh, and then went off on my own and. Set up a company for a, as a Chinese indemn buyer for a, for a big mil, China mill which no longer exists. But I was um, adamant, and maybe maybe whether I was thinking out of my own pocket at the time that the best uh, that the best thing for the Australian wool industry would be to have more days wool selling, and the only way we could do that is to have it all in one centre, which was Melbourne, obviously back then, um, and be selling four days a week, so we'd have much better price uh, price exposure, a uh, market exposure. Um, but it just, no one could, no one had ever made the decision back then. And a few people tried to make the decision and no longer, so I so I gave up in the end. But um, yeah, Western Australians, fair to say, and the city siders weren't particularly uh, fond of me. Um, and then I, uh, and then 10 years later, I lobbed in, lobbed in WA and they had a t shirt made up for me and everything. And really, so it took me a couple of years to, but now, now but now I chained myself to the front of, uh, uh, the, the Western Australian wool industry to keep it open because you know it, it does work over here. We've got we're on the time same time zone as um, as China, which is you know works really well uh, uh, on a day to day basis. So now um, you're
1: saying now you're saying we should just trade wool out of West Australia is that we is that we get all over here.
0: Yeah, bring it all yeah. over here for sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. No, definitely definitely a bit of a turncoat, but anyway, <laughs> well, I don't think the decision will ever get made. So. Um, you know, I'm, I, consumption of wool is uh, the, the industry's bigger, biggest challenge, not selling it.
1: And with regards to the, so the polo, because I wasn't aware of this. Obviously, Andrew spent a bit of time in WA working when he first came out as a backpacker. Um, what uh, – I didn't realise that that's a very common thing in WA to have, like, a um, business-related attire oh, yeah. as, a, as a polo where it's a logo on it. You know, it's and not – yeah, brand polo. So it's not as big a thing in the east, but you are getting customers nationally. Is that
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Actually, Queensland's proving to be a, a real. Um, obviously with the warmer, humid weather up there, is proving to um getting a lot of orders, small orders through Queensland. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's standard. It's absolutely standard. Standard dress. I mean, it's either high vis, high vis, or, or an Apollo out of hours to, to represent your company. Um, uh. Probably greater demand that Bit more demand for longer sleeve now with the sun. Mm. Um, do you so do a long
1: sleeve at... version or not it... yet?
0: No, I mean it's it's a case of um, um, capital. Uh, how, how how big do I go? I'm, I'm sort of very conscious of not having too many products um, mm. early. I mean, it's like it's it's affordable, being being able to afford to do it. But also, you know, we just want to sort of be conquer one one really good product. Um, you know, they sell four hundred million. 400, 400 million polos a year in the Western world. So it's a pretty good market. Mm. Um, you know, if I could get half a percent of that, it'd be all right. Well, that um, was
1: something when, when you when you gave us your product uh, after we'd kind of got back to the hotel, um, I'd said to Andrew, like, it's, it's very nice to wear, but I'd said as well that it'd be cool if you could get him in a long sleeve as well. Yeah.
0: You know? yeah, I think that's next up, definitely next off the, it's it's it just sort of, you know, I was feeling my way through, getting the feedback. There's talk, people want a high-vis one. Um mm. So I'm sort of still not 100 percent sure whether you know people will pay 60 65 bucks for a bees long sleeve when they can buy a synthetic one for 15 bucks. Mm. Um, but definitely long sleeve, yeah. I mean, and 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 a pocket. Farmers love a pocket on their mm. on their polos. So um, we're going to uh, actually we worked out a way we can add them over here. So, but yeah, no, look, there's, you know, there's we we're looking at doing a pink polo for um, a big charity. Um we've got an indigenous company we're about to about to um dress there. Uh well actually on sell on sale a wool product with an indigenous design on it. Um uh I've got two new um two new guys over here that, are, that work with the big companies that are very excited about the product. So uh yeah, it's 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 it's, it's pretty simple. You know, I'm doing it all myself at the moment. Um but it's I'm really enjoying it. But it's um, yeah. you know, to see
1: where it goes, I guess. Very good. So anyone interested, just do a search for the Merino Polo. You can find more about it that way. Um, But um, we we were talking earlier, then we mentioned China and you said, you know, around dealing into China. So you've been doing this for a while now, both, I guess, in the day job as as an exporter, um, but then now also now Bring a value adding i guess and bringing that australian wall then back again into australia as a yeah, finished yeah. finished product how have you found over the years like uh, just in broad terms then we might focus in on the last few years with all the issues around COVID and supply chain but just broadly um doing business into china both ways um is it is it complex Do
0: you know are there any kind of secrets to making it a success uh secrets to well i mean i started going when it, when it, back in 90, I think I went to China the first time in 1995 uh, and Lemp, Australia was sort of, or well, Lamperea was sort of just getting into China um, and none of the other guys wanted to go, so I put my hand up. um, And, I've you know, I, look, I think it's just respecting the culture. I love, I mean, I love Chinese culture. It's, it's such a demonised country. Um, I don't think anyone really, in, in fact, I've, in my last little job, I, used, I was taking farmer, farmer tours up to China. So I took about 85 farmers and they all sort of got on the plane with sort of quite a negative attitude about China, and, and you know they're all robots and <laughs> communism and all that. And I reckon each and every one of them, by the time they got off the plane, they just said, "What are we? What? What, what are we? What are we reading? This country's magnificent, fantastic. The people are friendly, they're a lot of fun. They've got a great sense of humour, um, and they're passionate about wool. I mean, they're, they're, and they're entre- and they're
1: entrepreneurial for a for a communist yeah. based com- country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's
0: yeah. I describe. Yeah, I mean people talk about it as communism, but look, it has changed a bit under Xi Jinping, but, you know, it was, I used to describe it to my friend and say, look, in China, it was like, uh, if you wanted to go and be a billionaire, they'd say good on your son, go for it, or, 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 or daughter. Um, uh, but if you didn't, if you didn't want to, we're not going to leave you behind. We're not going to leave you behind. And you, you really, you don't see the abject poverty you see over here or in the US um, in China. I mean, it's a very simple life, but, you um, but I just, yeah, I just sort of, yeah, I love their sense of humor, and um, and and I think if you do, if you do the right thing by them, they do the right thing by you. And you know, I see, I, I don't know how many billions billions of dollars I've traded over there in thirty years. Not that I do it anymore, but you know, I never had, oh, gee, I maybe had two or three um, contract issues, um, a handful of quality issues, and 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 I work it out. Um, so you know, it's, it's it's we've had a great history. You know, we've got um, you can see we've no one's ever mentioned wool in the in the political sphere. I guess that the barley and other things have copped, but um, we also have some very influential uh, uh, communist party members in the Chinese wool trade, which I'm sure help us along. Um, but it's yeah, it's been it's you know they 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 lock a deal. It's it's always a it's always a. Um, when you're over there face to face trying to sell wool, it's, it's 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 got a brinkmanship and and laughs and, and drinks and um, you need to be able to drink to be able to, to be a China wool trader, it's for sure. Although that's changed a little bit too, um, but um, you know, and in the end of the day, you shake hands, have a laugh, and go and have a big lunch or a big dinner. Um, it's it's a lot of fun, yeah. And I think we all miss it. We've, you know, just talking to Josh and some of the other guys. That, you know, um, even though when COVID Came about and we we couldn't go anymore. We sort of think, oh great, it gives gives a break. But I reckon most of the guys are hanging to get back up there now.
1: And now that it's opening
0: up again, now um, it's opening up, Now that it's opening up again, yeah. I think it's yeah. only airfares, it's only airfares that are probably stopping a few of the guys.
1: I remember from the, the the days of my currency trading because you know China is a big player in the financial mm. markets. Of course, being a such a big economy as well, and and the Chinese central bank was quite active um, in in terms of currency trades and and whatnot. Um, but I, I always was of the opinion very much that um, to, to, to be successful, it's all about relationship in China and longevity of relationships. So they they are, you know, they are very much about. From what I, from my experience was that you know sometimes it can take time to, to develop, develop trust both yep. both both ways. Um, but once once you've been able to put in those kind of yards, then then you know business becomes a lot easier.
0: Absolutely, yeah, and they are quite loyal. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, actually, they're quite loyal to someone's got a cheaper price. I should, I, I won't. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, my one of my longest customers, term customers, um, over there um, um, it was a, it was a big, a big one of the biggest mills um, in the world at, at Sunshine, and they, um, she, the lady who ran runs that, I have sort of, have grown up with this. I think we started both at the same age, but. She has a um, – she's also – you know, she trades – I don't know but they turn over massive amount of money, but she um, tests all her um, wool sellers or wool, wool suppliers out by taking out for a uh, tea with her her um, fortune teller. So this is this famous fortune teller. Well, she's famous in the air, and she's she's incredible looking. Well, she looks like a, a female Buddha, and she's just um, you know, – I'm not particularly – um, that way inclined, but I remember meeting her the first first time and like you could she's sitting across the table now actually could feel her looking through me I never experienced anything like it before but um but it was all a big test I had no idea at the time and um and yeah and she's sort of asking me questions and even I was through an interpreter. I was probably completely set up um she's she was um you know telling me all these things that, about me that you know she couldn't possibly know anyway but um I walked out of that uh, walked out of that uh, well, are you, you
1: suggesting are you suggesting that she was fit like there were things that she knew about you that that oh, were correct I just and-
0: I, yeah, I, I, frightening it was frightening Matt. I don't know yeah I just who, who's spilling the beans um, but um, yeah but anyway she loved me as, as a result and gee the amount of business I got out of it because she um, told this lady that you know you should be buying more wool off Steve um, which is um, yeah that's just one of the quick things up in China but uh um she must she must have died though for i've been selling for for a while but anyway um but yeah it's 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 an amazing place to you know it's you know every day you just experience different things and the people and you know i often talk about um you know well you know in the western world we when when our when our people get old we throw them in homes but you know you go to china and like all the parks and all the regional cities everywhere you know the sun's sort of setting and the parks are full of generations of Chinese that might be rock dancing or lion dancing or playing cards or it's quite extraordinary that you know what we what we're missing out on um, by just demonizing China you know.
1: And so what about um, through through the whole COVID you know it's time and and also with all the kind of logistical issues supply chain problems was that was that quite disruptive not just from obviously the Wall market perspective but From your own business, was did you have issues there getting stuff through or delays?
0: Um, Not so much delays, just a price. Like you know, everyone jacked up their prices. It was costing me. I think it. You know, it's. I think a a similar shipment in during COVID to fly my shirts in was about nine and a half thousand, and now it's back to about four and a half thousand. So yeah, that was the issue. Is that that, everyone jacked up the price? Is
1: is four and a half more normal, or is that still a bit elevated? Okay. that's
0: about normal That's depending on the quantity that was that's quite a big quantity um as far as breezy wool goes um you know we we did i know the shipping i know the shipping teams of every company had a horrible time but wool as wool was incredibly good through covid i mean you know i think the indicator was 100 cents more this time last year um uh, and right through COVID, we didn't miss a we didn't miss a week's sale which was extraordinary uh, and wool was, you know, that's that's why I'm so bullish about wool is that through COVID, prices were so good. Um, and it's only you know, China's headaches of reopening um, that it really came off, you know, not significantly, but came off um, and it's climbing again. But um yeah, are,
1: you, I mean, are, you, are you um when you say you're bullish about wool though, Steve, are you bullish about all wool types or is the no, crossbred no, Marino, the crossbred Marino, uh, the, no, just no. just merino wool? We don't right. have crossbred over here, man. I know no, you don't I have, have no it, idea, you're so you don't, about. you don't you don't care about crossbred at the moment no. and the fact that it's languishing down the, the low Look, levels that it is.
0: Well uh, my only comment about crossbred is I'm quite surprised. Crossbred boomed when the rest of wool was booming because the Chinese came up with a um a product known as fake fur. Um and it was, you know, you got one point 3 billion people wearing this product and it was a great, it was, a, it was an amazing product, um, it was literally like a fake you know, like a fake sheepskin or a, a fake fake animal fur um, and it was a huge seller and I'm, yeah, that's it, it, the only thing that surprised me with the Chinese ingenuity, Ingenuity, it's hard to say, can you cut that out um, uh, is that they haven't come up with another another similar product to use this wool because it's sheep as mm-hmm. um, but that's, you know uh, but no, I'm, I'm talking merino. You're
1: not, uh, so you're not going to branch out into another, you know, product using crossbred. That's not on the agenda. No, not,
0: yeah. If I come up with a, an idea in the middle of the night, but um, C- yeah, crossbred, not... crossbred wool underwear or something. Oh, that'd be <laughs> that'd be. You <laughs> like Andrew's it'd potato it'd, it'd, potato, it'd, it'd, potato it'd sack? It'd, it'd, it'd pill against it'd pill against the kilt, probably. yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no. Look, I'm I'm, I'm merino all the way. Up, you know, I'm uh, you know. I just see so much potential. We got Merino markets got one point under one point five percent of the of the apparel textile market. It's just crazy, you know. That we double that we're growing sheep on airs rock, Um and it shouldn't be hard. And 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 you know, it's it's never in question why aren't we why aren't we why aren't we consumed more? It's, it's such a great product, and now's I think now's the time with the natural fiber, with it. but. Anyway, yeah, anyway, I'm, I'm rambling on there, but uh,
1: that, that, that was one of your ideas, wasn't it? And Andrew, um, when we spoke wall last time, I can't remember who it was, but you'd spoken about um, encouraging the wearing of kilts to, to increase the crossbred,
2: kilts and twit, yeah. Well, I, I,
0: I yeah, I, I mean, I yeah, well, I've never was something idea...
2: was to uh, that was to what you call it, it was Marius coming, mm. it was Marius, mm. yeah, yeah. Said, so um, you could you could do
1: a line of work. merino merino polo, but then also well, a line of kilts that go
0: that match up with the polos. Well, yeah, I, was to, I was going to recommend, bring that up during the, the podcast because I've been waiting for uh for the uh the black the black polo against the nice uh dark green kilt, Andrew. A photo.
2: Well, I've got to get my kilt adjusted, but uh, once it's <laughs> adjusted, I'll be I'll be wearing that to the next presentation maybe.
0: So. This- yeah, I mean, look, any, any, anyway, but I, I honestly think lightweight wool, uh, affordable lightweight wool, is 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 our best opportunity. From, from in my view, um, um, and you know, it's it's been done by a lot of companies. It's just too, it's just too pricey.
1: Mm.
0: So what? Are, you yeah, know? yeah no, logistics, logistics have improved out of sight, though, out of China. I think that's sort of. I think they at the moment they're getting over their COVID, COVID snipples, and um, you know, I know. The guys making my shirts have got a few blokes sick and ladies sick, but um, they're not. You know, I don't even though we read it how terrible it's in China. I think uh, they've all moved on and most of them aren't dying. Yeah.
2: So what? And and what? You're fairly bullish about the wool industry, yeah. But we we've spoken a few times about the you know that risk of recession mm. things. Do you think that's going to have a hampering effect on it, or?
0: uh it definitely well I won't say definitely because wool's resilience often astounds me uh, I'm more along the lines and I'm, I'm I'm comparing it to when we had the GFC you know 12 13 14 years ago um, what happened after the GFC with China and I think China um, has shown already that they want to uh, get their economy back to back to four or five percent and to do that um, means massive stimulus programs and what they did in 2010 11 was massive stimulus programs and we know what happened to wool then uh we've got slightly i was actually surprised i thought we'd have a lot less wool now than we did then but we're only we're about 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 two million sheep less than we had in 2011 12 um so supply slightly down um but less merino of course it's sort of the balance has gone towards crossbred so i'm yeah, I, I think China's going to um, again sort of be our, be our. I mean, India also is, is really. Um, India is also really
1: uh, up, and, up and up and coming. I guess up and coming. Yeah, as a, as they as are. Something. I mean, they've
0: always been there, but I th- the opportune look, look, look. There's a couple of things. The opportunity with China post COVID, um, but also the anti-China sentiment around the world um, is uh, has helped India as well. So a lot of the Europeans have. Um, at, at buying wool top and and yarn out of out of India because they're anti China so um, so that's helped them along but I'm not sure whether they've got the I don't know if they've got the ability to become that much bigger than they are you know is
1: um is the I don't I hadn't looked closely on that India Australia free trade but I don't think wool's included in that is it yeah uh, no it is, it is it is um
0: but it comes to about one I think it was one one or two percent like okay the market, the market moves four percent a day so I don't think it's got a great a significant um you know i don't i don't think it's got, like even the fta's in the china i mean with the quotas we had it was already could take it could already take most of the wool already so um i'm not an expert there but i don't you know all i see is india a lot more confident in what they're buying which is good and and india india's machinery generally is not as good as the chinese so they generally have to buy a better better a better spec up wool so they're pushing that price premium for the you know for the for the sound for the sounder higher nkt lower cbh wools which um which drags everything else with it so because
1: that because that, that's one of the laments of the average kind of wool farmer as well you hear often that, that we're too reliant on china as you know in terms of the australian product wool product going mostly what is it 80 85 percent or something each year yeah. goes to china yeah, yeah. um and so whenever there's a hiccup whether it's a you know an economic hiccup or some other you know shenanigans that's going on that that gets dragged out
0: that old one, oh, mate we shouldn't be we should diversify
1: um and is that is india an answer where
0: you know uh, I, don't, I, like I, said, I don't think india's got the capacity to get that much bigger uh and it's not that easy i mean you know i hear i've heard that argument you know about this diversification but you know as a wool as a wool trade you know we've we've had we've had wool buyers and traders for traveling all corners of the world for the last 50 years, trying to find any way anyone who wants to buy wool, and you know, it's, we've exhausted. We've exhausted. You know, the, and the ones that, you know, well, we, we tried to go back to Russia a few years ago. Um, fortunately, you know, never. Uh, that, that, that door, that door's probably closed for the moment. That door's I think. closed. Yeah, I mean, and you've got, you've got, you've got pockets. You know, turkey's buying a little bit of wool, but I just, it's, it's such an expensive to set up the machinery for a start is uh, is incredibly. Yeah, you know, it's it's capital intensive, and China's the only one's got money to do it. The other thing with China, though, is that fifty percent of the wool that goes to China stays in China.
1: Now it is now being consumed there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I
0: mean, and they love they love wool. They've got the right climate, you know. Um, I'm, I'm look. I do I do get nervous when I hear all the rhetoric and and the political rhetoric about it. But um, as I said, we've been incredibly resilient, and uh, they can't Chinese can't get wool from anyone else really in in quantity. So. So they do need us. So, um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's it's uh, it's been born from 40, 30, 40 years of you know of of not developing new markets, but whether they could have been developed, I don't know. I just don't know.
2: What about all the talk about processing domestically in Australia?
0: Hmm. Uh, Is that realistic? You know, or not? It, look, in an no ideal world, but I, I think it's a bit. I think they quoted a, a, a billion dollars to process 50 percent of the wool here. Um, and where that money comes from, and yeah, I, I, just, I think back in the uh, when I started in the nineties, we had um, five big, five big top, make, five big top makers here, and from my memory, we we're only processing about eight percent of the wool, eight percent of our wool back then, albeit probably twice the, albeit probably twice the uh, amount of wool we grow now. Mm. Um, you know, I like to see. I I think it's probably opportunity to, to do more wool scouring in Australia because we we we're, we're shipping a lot of dirt uh, overseas. So f- which is first stage first stage process. So shipping
1: clean instead of greasy, right? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Mm. But then then you also got I mean I often say to people um you know what what puts value in wool is is the way we see it as buyers buying for different companies. So if you had a if you had a completely homogenous 100 barrels of, of wool um you know like Bred off, bread off Dolly the sheep, so absolutely identical. But you send it to three different mills, you're going to get you're going to get quite a different result uh, as a wool top, just because of the machinery the way the people run it. Yeah. So what puts a lot of competition into wool is that these mills know what they can use and what they can buy. Um, so if you're if you're selling them a scoured product, uh, you're going to lose a lot of that. Um, I suppose uh, ability to add value to it by different mills. Yeah, so yes. I'm a little bit, um, yeah. I, 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 you, you, the more the more people buying greasy wool, the better for for, for wool prices. But you know, I, you, you love to. I love to have, be able to have my shirts made in Australia. But but know, we're twenty we're twenty five million people. We're point zero zero five percent of the Chinese population. We're not a consumer market. You know, really. I mean, it's great for a well, lot. Local- we're not.
1: We're not really. A, we're not
0: really a manufacturing nation yeah. either. Really, when it comes to it nowadays. No, no, no. no that, that's right. So. Uh, I think we just got to respect where we are in the world sometimes <laughs> stop being stop getting ahead of ourselves and just do what we do best. Um, but yeah, look, i I'd love to see a bit more processing in Australia, no doubt. And we lost all that, ironically, we lost all that processing when the Australian dollar sort of went up and we became less competitive, but you know now we're back down to seventy for who knows how long it's you know it's probably it probably is feasible, but you know you know currency markets, um, mm. what's going to happen in the states, so yeah.
1: Mm. Well, that's you know, the one thing about currency markets,
0: like most markets, is that you know, if
1: you get these moves that extend to you know, territory that's uh uncommon, and, you know, it always comes back, doesn't it? You know, it always so does, always
0: yeah. does, always yeah, it does. it does. I mean, I as in, I'm I often have a laugh with Josh about um, the dollar, he'll, he'll 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 call me in the morning complaining the dollar's gone up, and I'll be going, Well, I'm an importer now, that's fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, although I'm spending a little bit less than him, but uh. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it is. It like you know, um, mm-hmm. got down to sixty three or didn't it? Like not too long ago, and I thought, God, I'm going to lose. fortune. yeah, touched yeah. seventy
1: cents just a few days ago. I think it That's right. its head above seventy cents a few days ago. It's That's back right. down again now. But um, yeah, I mean, like I said to Andrew with, with the years I was trading currencies, I never, I never had a wrong call. My decision, my my calls were always accurate. Just the timing was out. Just the timing was
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, I mean, uh, the. the the company that I set up years ago, um, um, he, he, he never, he never believed the Australian dollar would go over 75. No way. And he kept doubling up against it. And that's why that company doesn't. <laughs> had, had that, had that go when it, when it
1: was, when it was 110. And, and
0: yeah, yeah. So,
1: yeah.
0: But you know, wool was, you know, wool, wool prices was resilient, right? I mean, I guess it showed a strong economy and wool, wool was, wool was going well then. But, um, uh, we, you know, we got issues. I think people are coming back to work, uh, uh, well, actually, I'm reading different reports about suits. So, suits has always been a massive market for for wool. Um, you know, there's reports in that since since COVID, people coming back to the office that suits are coming back in, which will be, you know, that's an, another another reason mm. for uh, in 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 Europe and, and the states, which we still don't use enough wool. But uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of different conflicting reports around the place. But yeah, I, I just think the whole Chinese situation is going to be pretty exciting for wool.
2: I wonder. I wonder if it well, would be like a you know, post COVID, a lot of people change shape during COVID.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm
2: not, I'm, I'm not looking at you, Matt. Um,
1: <laughs> Some so, people change shape after eating a naan bread. Yeah. Like, in, I've heard of one person lost five kilos apparently um, after naan bread damage. But anyway, you should market, you should market that. The naan bread diet. that <laughs> might be one of your, your fad diet.
0: And the naan bread, you know,
1: eat the crustiest kind so, of non bread you can find.
2: You down it it, is, a, it um, is
0: something I've discovered actually uh, in doing what I'm doing um, is a, a what what they call size inclusivity when you're dressing a company. So um, you need to be able to dress everybody in that company or you don't get the business. Hmm. So um, if you've got um, a size 26 sitting in the corner who doesn't really care about, but, she, but he or she needs to have a polo that fits her to, to dress the other 150, Um and then, and then there was another company, a very big international company, that came back to me and said they don't want sizes put on their shirts. I said, <laughs> Well, how are you going to? said, Well, you know, we just can't offend anyone. Or, you know, and I said, Well, how are you going to? I said, I'll oh, put X's and three XL's rather than. I said, no, you'll have to, we'll have to work out another way to put I said, well, you know, they'll be company out, whatever you want. But it's, well, if you start um, a if you crazy start, world out there now, <laughs> if
1: you, Steve, if you start with your biggest sizes being small and then just work backwards to work backwards extra, backwards. extra small. <laughs> You know, so so you can be – isn't that like an American style? I know the American uh, – if my current wife goes across and buys clothes in America, I think she's a zero or something because she's yeah. quite quite petite. So, you know, it's just, it's just which way you, – where you start and which way – you how many kind of increments you have.
0: Well, I think they go out to 11XL out uh, in the States. I've gone out to 5XL, which is, you know, I can live in. Um, but, um, look, it's great for wool consumption. A lot more wool used in a big one than a little one um but yeah that there's definitely one of the recent fittings i did where people had to use their sizes they thought their sizes and they they put their pre-covid sizes down um for their shirt and were a bit disappointed that their their uh, post-covid shirts were a bit tight <laughs> so um yeah yeah look oh man fitting people it's just that is just sitting at a at a, a a concert a couple of weeks ago with a mate of mine we were talking about and I said yeah, just look in front of you is there two people the same shape here I mean and I'm, I'm trying to dress all these people it's, it's a real challenge yeah real challenge having the right size enough sizes and then you go long in five you know I reckon I, I went long in five XLs and I reckon everyone lost half their body weight as soon as they got they landed here so I've got all these five XLs sitting here so <laughs> it's yeah it's this, this uh, the whole this rag trade a much bigger challenge than the wool trade <laughs>
2: Matt Mark could probably take some of those five XLs. <laughs>
0: what about for the other
1: arm, Andrew? Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, exactly. Oh well, there you go. Cause, well, cause I think
2: it's... Matt will take the five XL because he could like some skin tight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, not everyone not everyone can have sustained a deep throat injury and you know kind of lose weight as, as successfully as you, Andrew, on your diet. You um, to expect... I'm
0: gonna have to send you a smaller shirt, aren't I, Andrew? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put it back on yeah <laughs> when,
2: we, when we get ready for our boxing match
0: i think now
1: that now that the insults towards me and my shape are coming thick and fast i think it, that signals it's nearly time to wrap up i reckon andrew
2: possibly is yeah yeah, yeah.
1: I, so I, um i, never, I
2: never, never called you fat anyway <laughs> I've, I've, I've never once called you fat in the whole time i have met you rotund <laughs> is what is, is what that nurse said
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was um, solidly what, built solidly built that was what it was that was the descriptor solidly built mm. Mm. that's a nice way of saying fat <laughs> oh, well. I'm not what, getting into what, this
2: where, where's, what was I Matt
1: Strong muscular, I think, was the description. But now you're now you're not you're not so strong muscular.
0: Athletic muscular. This could be Athletic a whole as new as range of sizes I could come up with. Oh well, yeah, than having... instead of your instead yeah. of your, you know yeah.
1: num- um, number and your XLs, you can just have a descriptor. Yeah. Strong uh, like, muscular, um, um, and so the size below wind, strong,
0: windbreak. Mus- um,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> strong muscular could be the, the size down from that would be non affected strong muscular. it? Is <laughs> that? So, uh, second to none. Second to none. Oh. Yeah, there you go. All right, well, I guess that's um, we're getting we the yeah, kind of going on slight. And anyway, and anyway,
2: by you saying nan bread, that's that's not correct. Why? Because that's your Nan is Indian for bread, so you're just saying bread, bread. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just you should just use the term nan. Mm, so yeah, you know. multilinguals, too.
1: Okay, so yeah. someone, someone. Title as Wheat Watcher getting getting so badly impacted by a wheat product. <laughs> mm. Right, off. it's ironic. Well, thank, no, look, thanks, uh, Steve, for coming on, and it was a, oh, a recently broad ranging uh, discussion both around your merino polo, but you know dealing into China and and um, and your thoughts on the wool market has been yeah. enlightening for us. Um, we're uh, we're back in WA in March, aren't we, Andrew? Um, nice. Might be able to catch you. Might Six be able to catch months, again
0: Seventeenth,
1: sure. something like that. Yeah. yeah so,
0: are you are oh, you going to miss Wallarama? that's the week after Wallarama, which is our big event. Okay. Yeah.
2: I've been to that a lot of times. It's too hot for me.
0: It, yeah. It <laughs> that's <laughs> that, that, that's waging, isn't it? Waging,
2: yeah. waging yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've I've camped out there many times. Yeah, it's,
0: it's um, yeah, it is. Oh, actually, last couple of years have been okay, but uh, yeah, I've had. Actually, I think that might have been another motivation years ago, wearing a nylon shirt that came back welded to me. Mm. Um, it's that bloody hot. So, <laughs> But, um, yeah, no, it's a great event. And we missed last year with COVID, so it should be huge this year. And Sheep Fest uh, at dark in the week a couple of weeks before too, so we've got some good shows coming up. Okay.
1: That's good. But well, we're looking to getting forward across to, I think it's the WA Farmers event on the 17th. We're there, for. So. Yeah, so we might see where we go. Try we're and catch her if we can. Mm. Right. No, that should be good. good Excellent. up. Right all right. Well, thanks for thanks for coming on, nice Steve. Having us on. Um, Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your very professional start to the podcast, and, and we'll, fin- <laughs> we'll we'll finish it just as professionally with a C when you got nothing on apart from a, <laughs> apart from a Ramirez, of course. Yeah. No worries, guys.
0: Have a good day. Bye bye.